0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of BZ Listening. My name is BZ Douglas. I'm an independent movement journalist based outside of Cleveland, Ohio. I am 100% supported by my audience. So if you appreciate the work, I've got all the links you'd need to help out down in the episode description. So, last Sunday, I attended a campaign event for Chantel Brown. She's running for Congress in the 11th District of Ohio, It's my district, and I had recently read an in-depth article from local organizer Keith Wilson. He's an activist I've had on the show several times before, uh, talking about all the great work he does and knowledge he has of the inner workings of the party machinery here in in the area in Cuyahoga County. Uh, I had planned to go to the event film her stump speech, and then find a moment to ask Brown some very pointed questions about the the points that were brought up in Wilson's article. That was before things got bananas. So, uh, yeah, right at the start of Brown's stump speech, I noticed something odd about the sound of the applause. And, and so then I, I moved over closer to the PA, and it was just obvious what was going on. A DJ was playing canned applause, seemingly at, at Brown's very specific. Sometimes insistent cues, and uh, also I, I would see him giving thumbs up to uh, campaign workers. I want
1: to, to thank my political brother, my spiritual brother, my baby brother, Bashir Jones, Councilman Bashir Jones. Give it up for him. Councilman, candidate for mayor, but again, that is not about life. Things are going my way. So fast forward, election day comes, the polls close, and I was down by six votes. 11 days later i learned that there were 23 provisional ballots in my race and that i had won by seven votes seven votes seven votes can anybody say seven Okay, so that seven has been so significant to me because as a child of faith, seven represents perfection. I'm proud to say in 2017, I made history when I became the first woman elected and the first black person elected to lead the largest democratic party in the state of Ohio. Now we are not the most populous county. Despite being a democratic party chairperson, I was able to get that done with bipartisan support bipartisan support done unanimously and along with PCs for people we were able to provide laptops free Wi-Fi hotspots for 5,000 students for two years so the stuff I've been doing Chantel Brown for Congress Chantel Brown for Congress God bless y'all thank you for coming out today enjoy the festivities I'll be around to take pictures and talk to folks to answer any uh, personal question. so thank you
0: thank you thank you thank you thank you so after witnessing that on top of the sheer amount of just misrepresentations omissions and sly fabrications in her speech, I decided it wasn't worth my time to hang around and expect any honest answers from her so I just got home and immediately posted my my fake applause montage onto Twitter and and let the world know. I i just I just saw please clap 2.0. I tell you I was really relieved to see how that just everyone was equally disturbed and, and, and embarrassed for for Brown and the campaign. I had this sliver of fear that people were going to tell me this is just normal. This is a thing that's done. I don't Cover a lot of local campaign things, so I don't know if this is what I found it Orwellian, and I'm glad everyone's making fun of it. Oh, fun fact speaking of orwellian uh I asked Fox eight's cameraman uh if he noticed the applause and and asked him if is that a thing that he's seen before uh, He said no, but immediately just started waving it off making excuses for how it could be happening just shrugged and there was no mention of it in their coverage of that event it's an interesting thing that so uh as a more substantial follow-up to the uh, applause montage i got in touch with dr richard montgomery He's a two-time mayoral candidate in the city of Euclid. I was first referred to Dr. Montgomery while working on the documentary series State of Injustice, which focuses on the systemic abuses of the Euclid Police Department in its first season, and specifically on the failures of the city's mayor and city council to hold them accountable. So I asked Dr. Montgomery if he would like to watch Chantel Brown's speech in its entirety and share his reactions, rebuttals, and refutations of the claims Brown makes in it. So the speech is 12 minutes long, and it took the good doctor a solid 90 minutes to get through it. Uh, I edited it down as much as possible, but I promise you every second I left in is essential. If you think this story is important, please share it. I have got no network behind me, just you lovely people listening to me right now. And I have linked all of the materials referenced in this piece down in the description. If Twitter is your thing, I'll be putting out a thread with some shorter clips of Dr. Montgomery's more emphatic and dramatic moments. All that said, here is Dr. Montgomery reacting to Chantel Brown's stump speech.
2: My wife told me I gotta I gotta be conscious of how I look like I'm going after a black woman. And I got to, I told her and we we I understood her point of view, but my response to her is I didn't tell her to go down there and pull a goddamn petition and say she wanted to be elected to represent me. And if she goes down there and asks to be my representative, I have the responsibility and the right as a citizen to ask her questions or to highlight incongruencies when I find them. So because yeah, I think that, you know, I I ascribe to this idea of the public intellectual, you know, the most educated people in our society have a responsibility to the rest of society to use their education to articulate the truth about what's going on in ways that they might not have access or the ability to 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 address. So if I got that responsibility, then I wouldn't give a damn if she was a man or a woman she went down there and pulled that petition and said she want to represent us, which means that we, we have the right to scrutinize her and what she's done is at, to get our vote or not. And what they're trying to do is say white people can't, can't scrutinize um, black public officials that Chantelle Brown, if she were to win, is going to be your representative too. And you got the right to pull her card on, on things when you find that they are not righteous. If you've, if you've been in office all this time, why have you not passed any legislation? And she's over there, I've passed lots of legislation. Yeah, but you've never sponsored any. Can you tell us why you haven't sponsored any? I'm not going to get into that with you. You're right, because there's no answer to that. <laughs> there's no answer to that. You can't be in front of all these people and answer it without lying. So you're not going to get into that with me because you have no answer for that.
1: (laughs) I want to tell a little bit about myself and how I got into this crazy world of politics. Many of you know this, but there are some folks here that don't know my story. So I want to make sure they know who they have standing before them. I share this story because I think it gives you some good insight to what you can expect from me in the future. So I found myself at my very first city council meeting. It was 2011. Youngest homeowner on my street, surrounded by seniors and retirees. And what led me to that city council meeting was because I wanted to know where we would go in the event of an emergency. Now, it might sound like a strange question, but the reason the question occurred is because of the earthquake tragedy that had struck in Japan at the time. It was a repetitive news cycle, a lot like what we saw with the condo collapse. And so I said to myself, what
2: would happen? How would I get my name? So first of all, she doesn't know about county emergency services, which means that even going into this job, she had no idea of what the responsibilities of local government was versus county government. But I digress. But also, yeah, it is kind of weird when you say there was an earthquake in Japan. I wonder what I would do if we had an earthquake here in Warrensville Heights because we get so many earth shattering earthquakes in Warrensville Heights that, you know, I've got to make sure that me and my, 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 my neighbors are going to be safe when the big one comes <laughs>
1: Neighbors to safety. And so I found myself at my local city council meeting and I got the answer that I was looking for, but something says, Chantel, keep going so you can learn about what's happening in your neighborhood. And what I learned was like many of our communities, there was some room for improvement. So rather than complain, I am a person that believes in being the change that you want to see. So I rolled up my sleeves, pounded the pavement, knocked on doors, and introduced myself to my neighbors. And I said, I would like to be your city council person. Well, when I said that, they said, well, young lady, what can you do about these tree branches that needed to be trimmed, and these sewers that need to be cleaned, and these potholes that need to be filled? And I said, well, okay, let me see what I can do. So as I was going to the meetings, the administration took notice and they said to me, Chantel, if you need some help out there, let us know. Well, obviously I did. So I shared with them the concerns of my neighbors. And guess what? Things started happening. Things started happening and I wasn't even elected.
2: So let me get this straight. (laughs) So. She goes to the city as a candidate for city council and they immediately start helping her with stuff that she hasn't been elected to do yet. It just seems like whoever the previous council person was being undermined by the city. (laughs) Just a digression for a second.
1: So I was feeling pretty good about life. Things are going my way. So fast forward, election day comes, the polls close and I was down by six votes, six votes. Down, but not out. Disappointed, but not devastated.
2: All right. She was down by six votes. Had the current mayor not been undermining the person who was running against her, I'm assuming that person had enough people that liked them that they probably would have continued to be council person. But they stacked the deck against her opponent by helping out a candidate. That's just very interesting logic in the way we do politics around here.
1: As a child of faith, I've never been shy about my faith. As a child of faith, I said, okay, God, I trust your infinite wisdom. Maybe this isn't for me. And I was actually convinced I would never run for public office again. It's Sunday. Does anybody have a but God in their spirit? But God. So.
2: All right, honey, but God. Sometimes God will say, will do things to you to take you through something so you can learn something on the other side, as you know, some Christian folk believe. What the hell did we do to deserve Chantel Brown? <laughs> what did we do? What what is the lesson here? But God, really God, seriously.
1: Eleven days later, I learned that there were twenty-three provisional ballots in my race, and that I had won by seven votes. Seven <laughs> votes seven votes. Can anybody say seven? Seven. Okay, so that seven has been so significant to me because as a child of faith, seven represents perfection completion and God So I often credit this journey of public service to his divine intervention grace mercy and favor And so that has been the moral compass the guiding force and the foundation in this work that I intentionally describe as public service it has never left my mind that I work for you, I work for you, I work for you. It has been abundantly clear to me, I've been put in this position to serve the people, and I've never lost sight of it.
2: She works for you, she works for you, but really when she's pointing at you, the thumb is pointing back at her, because she's working for you, but getting paid. Um, this, is, this is, I want to give myself a raise for showing up to county council. When I have not passed any legislation, I am working for you, but really I'm working for myself.
1: So fast forward 2014, an opportunity comes to get promoted as I like to describe it.
2: When she says serve the people, her financial supporters are in the crowd. She meant those specific people. She she wasn't talking about us.
1: (laughs) The legendary C. Ellen Connolly, first Cuyahoga County Council President and Judge, was retiring. And so my name was thrown in the paper.
2: And I didn't know about county council. was the new government that had been formed. Didn't know, huh? Jimmy DeMora? Jimmy DeMora had been in the newspaper for months, if not a couple of years, because he was being indicted for bribery and, I believe, extortion and play, pay-to-play scandals. She had no clue. She just heard that they got a new form of government. Hey, there's a position open for me. To see where this goes.
1: So I approached my friend Mayor Sellers at the time and I said, Well, what do you think about me running for this position? Does anyone know Mayor Sellers out there? Raise your hand. So I said, Mayor Sellers, what do you think about me running for this position? He said, Well, Chantel, I think you'd be good for it, but you need to call Marsha Fudge first. So
2: anybody find it peculiar that if you want to run for a county council, you should reach out to the congresswoman? Oh, what? What does this congresswoman have to do with this process? It's just those questions you ask yourself when you say, is there a hidden curriculum to being in the club? Well, Mayor Sellers had a fondness, obviously, for Ms. Brown, and he gave her that hidden curriculum. Talk to the congresswoman. Let her know I sent you. It occurred to me that the person she was running against was 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 asking to be reelected. And here it is, the mayor is getting stuff done for the person who's running to be the candidate and tipping the scales against the incumbent. That is classic Cuyahoga County politics.
1: I reached out to Congresswoman Fudge, very nervous, and said, hi, Congresswoman, I'm thinking about running for this position. She said, well, if Mayor Sellers supports you, then you'll have my support.
2: All right, people, let's buckle yourself in now. So if mm, she calls the congresswoman, let's just say the congresswoman is the de facto party boss, as we all have have, have heard that her call, she calls the party boss and says, Hey, I want to run for this position. Why that would be necessary. We'll all have to conclude on our own, but she calls the party boss and says, I want to run for this position. And what the first, what's the first thing that, a person who's here for the people would say, "What have you done, young lady? What have you done as, as city council person? Tell me what you want to do as county council person. The interview on behalf of the people sounds like that. But if Mayor Sellers says that you good one of my colleagues has already signed off on you, so I know you're ready to play ball with the rest of us, which is the message that sends to me. You're right. You you got somebody. I mean, and if if you're like any street person, you want to be in the gang, you can't just show up willy-nilly and be like, hey, I want to be down with your gang. You got to be brought in by somebody. And when you bring in somebody, they got your backing, which is no surprise why we see Marsha Fudge down in Akron while she's the Secretary of HUD campaigning with Chantel. She can say she happened to be in the same place with Chantel at the same time, but what's the Secretary of HUD doing in Akron while Chantel is campaigning in Akron? The Hatch Act, which is a federal law that says that administration officials cannot participate in local elections because it sends the message that the administration itself endorses this person. So, Marsha Fudge is a Biden cabinet member. By by default, if Marsha show up campaigning for Chantel, what she is doing is implicitly saying Joe Biden like her too. And that's against the federal law. So when Marsha got filleted at this hearing last week, it's because she spent more time campaigning. When you saw the article of her meeting Bashir Jones and Chantel Brown at Frederick's for dinner, and then she's down at Lock Three about three weeks ago at an at a event. Lock Three is sort of this concert venue, um, it's an outdoor concert venue. She's down in Lock Three with Chantel, who's down there campaigning. That is, and, and that is combined with that commercial about her mom. So, Marcia Fudge's mom starts this commercial talking about how she raised Marshall. These are clips of, of Marcia. And then she talks about Marcia can't endorse. But I'm her mom, and I can. And then she goes on to talk about how Chantel would be a great leader. But she ends in saying, F- we are going to vote for Chantel. Now, if she had talked about her, her, her husband or uh, Marsha Fudge's siblings, you could infer we as a family are going to support Chantel. But if the only person you talk about in this commercial as your family, and then you say we at the end, I think that's a violation. We're, we're, we are outraged because it looks like they're breaking a the law. It looks like they're breaking a the law, and they don't care, and these are elected representatives for us. These are people we've put in office. We elected them, and they don't mind looking like they're as legal as hell. Frederick's is, Fred, Frederick's is a, a, prom, a, a prominent black restaurant venue. You don't go to Frederick's by accident. You go there because you want to be seen, because that's where other prominent black folk go. You don't show up in Akron. Like, Marcia Fudge didn't really come to Akron when she was Congresswoman. But now she, during this election campaign, she's down in Akron at the same event with Chantel? How is that not a Hatch Act issue? The problem is, who gonna tell? One of the issues that, you know, um, I think I told you this story. I wrote an article back in February in The Plain Dealer where I look at the bylaws of the Democratic Party. One of the first sections you come to is the party unity clause. Party unity says if the county doesn't endorse, the officials of the county party can't endorse. Well, here's Chantel with an entire list of people of county officials who can't endorse. And the, the 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 the, but they're on her page endorsing her, but the her campaign manager at the time, Ken Dow, calls me up the Sunday morning when the the column comes out, and he is screaming at me because how dare I write something against Chantel? And as far as I'm concerned, my business relationship with Ken Dow, being a consultant for candidates, he's asked me to work with. That don't change the truth or whether or not I'm willing to, tra- to, 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 to tell the truth. And the problem for him, which was what I had the quarterback after the fact was, why would this dude call me up and basically cuss me out for the next 15 minutes about me not coming to him to talk about an article I'm going to publish about her, his candidate doing something wrong? Because in this town, it's easy to incentivize people out to tell him the truth which is why ain't nobody telling on Marshall Fudge or making reports on Marshall Fudge because this is not a town where people are paying much attention and the ones who are paying attention are trying to be part of the club. I don't give a damn about your club. I can be elected or I cannot be elected. My voice doesn't change. I'm Dr. Richard Montgomery. I'm a public intellectual who is about the truth. And too few people have the integrity or the ability to simply analyze what's going on to tell enough of the truth for it to matter, or at least make the party bosses be wary of being so openly in conflict with the rules and the laws. You can't incentivize me. I don't do this because I'm trying to be popular. I'm not doing this because I got to axe the ground against a particular person. I know the suffering of people. So if you know the suffering of people and you do this because you want to ease that suffering, you can't incentivize somebody out of that. And too few people with the education and the wherewithal to do it work for some part of the system.
1: I reached out to Congresswoman Fudge, very nervous, and said, Hi, Congresswoman, I'm thinking about running for this position. She said, Well, if Mayor Seller supports you, then you'll have my support. Well, let me tell you, this race turned out a lot different than my first. Instead of three people, now they're six. They're more qualified, more educated, more money, more experience, more of everything.
2: lies (laughs) lies <laughs> lies they are more ed- educated they were more experienced but you know what makes the difference in elections money so let's find out why would Chantel brown a basically a nobody from warrensville heights have some of the major prominent corporate people in the city county in Cuyahoga County coming to donate money to her. (laughs) She's running for Cuyahoga County Council. (laughs) They got contracts for these companies. So when she's talking about they were more educated candidates in her race, yep. There were more experienced candidates in her race, yep. But there were five total candidates in this race. She raised $25,000 in a Cuyahoga County Council race. She had almost three times the amount of money that all other the, the all, all of the other candidates in this race raised. You combine all the candidates in their fundraising, she raised three times that, almost three times that. Now, why would the Symphony, the Symphony family or the Perkins family be... Putting thousands of dollars into her, her, her war chest because they get county count, county contracts. So the, there's a company called the Perk Company, and the perk company, the Symphony, the Symphony family, from what I understand, have a controlling interest, but the Perkins family run the company. The Perkins family, Mark Perkins, is Miss Brown's boyfriend. He's, he's, he's the person who is in charge of the McTech company. All of this circle of companies are people who get county money for county projects. So if you got your fiance running for county council and we got county contracts or we pursue county contracts, hell yeah, we want her to win. Absolutely. It works out. So that's why it's important to know when she's talking about the people were more educated and they had more experience. That was true. But combined, they had nowhere near the amount of money she had to run a campaign. And when you look at who was donating, the folks who are now as the the in question um, from the article that was published by The Intercept are the same folks who have been getting this, these contracts that she's been voting on. And now you know why on the front end, it seems peculiar that they would spend so much money on her.
1: But with a lot of hard work and a lot of favor, we won that race with 48% of the vote. So rest assured, I know how to run in crowded races and win, all right? So this isn't exactly foreign territory for me. So fa-
2: Yes, you know how to run in a crowded race. You stack the deck with cash from corporate interest. You did it for county council, and now you're doing it with your run for the congressional seat. You show a pattern of behavior of being the corporate interest gal, and the corporate interest gal in a city like Cleveland, which is one of the poorest, largest poorest cities in the country, means that you are selling out the people for these corporations, and you should be shamed. But clearly, there is no shame in politics when it comes to some of the things that we've been seeing.
1: So, fast forward 2017. Now, I get a call from then Congresswoman Fudge. She says, Chantel, I want you to think about something. And it's OK if you say no. I said, Well, what is it? I want you to consider running for Democratic Party chair. Now, it's an unpaid position. <laughs> say what well, now? So, I thought about it because I saw it as an opportunity. To-
2: so, let's unpack this unpaid position. It's coins in your pocket when you can go to elected officials who know politics in this town. I know politics in this town because I've run for office. When you go down to the Cuyahoga County Board of Elections, you get thousands of voters who have no idea who's on the ballot. They simply grab the Cuyahoga County Democratic Party sample ballot and they vote from there. So you might not get a salary for this job, but you get immense Influence and authority on and control on politics in this town, because what we also know is if you're a politician in this town and you don't get on the Democratic sample ballot, you're not going to get elected. There have been far and few people like Cheryl Stevens didn't get the endorsement but still won um, to be mayor um, uh, in Cleveland Heights. But ninety-nine out of out of a hundred, if you get on the ballot, you get elected. So when she's county chair, she also knows that if you don't get on the ballot and you've been mayor of a city for the last two terms, you're going to be unemployed soon. Hadn't expected that. So she knows that this does actually have a salary
1: empower people, to help them understand their political capital. So I prayed about it, sought the consultation of people that I know, love, and trust, and they said, Chantel, we think you'd be great and you'd have our support, you should go for it. So I approached it with the same vigor and diligence you see me working with today. I reached out to over 700 members of the Cuyahoga County Democratic Party to seek and earn their vote. I'm proud to say in 2017 I made history when I became the first woman elected.
2: Nope first woman elected was Sandra Williams, but we'll we will keep going.
1: elected and the first black person
2: elected uh nope. Sandra Williams last time I looked is also black.
1: It's the largest democratic party in the state of Ohio.
2: Yeah, let's talk about that. So first of all, she has done abysmal. so Hillary Clinton is running against Donald Trump. People came out. Lots of people stayed home. Four years later, Donald Trump is running against Joe Biden. Now, I don't really care what party you are, what your affiliation is. When Donald Trump is on the ticket, you have a reason to participate in making sure he doesn't get another four years. In an election With Donald Trump is on the ticket, she had 10,000 fewer Democrats vote in 2020 than voted in 2016. A lot of people sat at home in 2016 was like, he yeah, you going to get elected. This is kind of like a joke. I don't really, man, I don't need to show up because there's no way that anybody would elect Donald Trump. But four years later, after we have seen the atrocities of a racist, xenophobe, misogynistic trash bag... You now know what's on the line. This dude got access to nuclear weapons. You have every reason to show up at the ballot box and 10,000, Cuyahoga, 10,000 fewer Cuyahoga County folk showed up. And in the bylaws for the party, the chair's responsibility is to get out the vote. So she's failed there abysmally. Then you also have. 100 um, precinct committee people who wrote a letter about the horrible management of the party. They you you seldom get people to buck the party, but you had a hundred precinct committee people be like, this is a series there are a series of issues that are going on with this party and we think other people should know. So no, she took on this job with the same level of underpreparedness and synergy for cronyism as she has done since she started in this process.
1: Now, we are not the most populous county, OK? So when we are able to deliver the most votes from the precinct to the presidency under my leadership, I take a little personal pride in that. So, so, now, so now, fast forward, fast forward, I'm doing this thing, I'm leading the party, and I'm, I'm a county council person. A constituent comes in and says, Chantel, the hearing impaired community has no way to communicate in an emergency situation. They can't call 911 like we do. Introduce the concept of text 911. I took the baton and ran with it because that was an issue that wasn't important enough for me. The lies.
2: The lies. The absolute utter audacity to take advantage of people who don't know any better. All you got to do is Google text 911 Cuyahoga County and you'll get an article that says Cuyahoga County is poised to buy new 911 equipment. Maybe the fourth paragraph down, it talks about being able to do text 911. I forgot the name of the the journalist who wrote the, the subsequent article, but they said that the cellular companies, had to upgrade their software to be able to use the, the software countywide. They sent a letter to Cuyahoga County Council and said, We have all collectively made the upgrades. Now we're ready to be able to offer this feature. They bought this text 911 system in 2013. She didn't get elected until 2015. It took a couple years for them to do the upgrades, And when they were finally ready, she had nothing to do with offering this legislation. She's lying. It is an utter, absolute lie. And all you got to do is Google this information. Kyle I mean, County is I... poised to buy new 911 equipment. Few paragraphs down. Damn it, I, I, I just can't. I just can't. <laughs>
1: Even though this person doesn't live in my district, it will help 25,000 people who have this condition. So we modernize the text 911 messaging system and that not only helped them, but people in hostage situations, women in domestic violence relationships who can't call 911, but have used the text 911 messaging platform to be rescued. The other thing that I like to tell folks about is in 2020, I passed legislation to declare racism as a public health crisis. This was not a result of the pandemic, nor the tragic killing of George Floyd. This work was initiated because of the infant mortality crisis that we experience here. We have third world infant mortality rates with first class hospitals. It just does not make sense. Why is it that black women are three to five times more likely? So
2: she declares racism a public health crisis. Seriously? Seriously? Because of the infant mortality rate in Cuyahoga County? (laughs) So let me get this straight. So for almost two years, we had nine black men die in Cuyahoga County's jail. In that same two years, we had, I think, two children die in, Ch- in Cuyahoga County Child Protective Services. And there were other children who were missing in Cuyahoga County Child Protective Services. Black children. But what you came up with is... I declared racism a public health crisis because of child infant mortality. Let's just be clear. It's a talking point, and it's a talking point because she actually didn't declare racism a public health crisis. She did not introduce that legislation. Armand Budish and nine of the 11 other county council people were on there as co-sponsors. She never introduced anything. When you look at her record, Chantelle Brown has not introduced one piece of legislation the entire time she's been on county council. So everything you hear in this speech about, I did this, I did text 911, lie number one. I did, I did the, the public health crisis, lie number two. The problem is the people in that crowd don't have time to be sitting around looking at records to see whether or not she lied. And if she didn't lie, she wouldn't have anything to run on. Which is why she's had so many of these negative campaigns. <laughs> oh, and you know what seeks out to me? I also got to say this. She's not going to criticize Armand Budish, the county executive. So while she's talking about all these areas that she wants to identify issues of racism, she ain't mentioned one county office. Not at one. While we can say that we know there's problems in the jail, we know there's problems with Child Protective Services. Let's look at ourselves first to see how in our role to serve the county, we can address racism through the offices where we know it exists. But she's not going to criticize Armand Budish because that's just not what they do here. Uh, The other part is this declaring racism a public health crisis. The only thing... It's not an ordinance. There's no law passed that says this is we're gonna put resources behind this. It's a resolution. They resolved to form a committee to look at racism in Cuyahoga County. That's it. Not as an inter- a, a review of the county itself, but just you know, some issues that we know exist. Which means that in no way is the, the services we get from the county, or even the way the county functions. Going to improve because they ain't looking at they ain't looking at them. They looking at us.
1: Does not make sense. Why is it that black women are three or five times more likely than our Caucasian counterparts to have complications during pregnancy, or that our babies are unable to live beyond their first birthday? So the research shows, and that started in 2016, that it was racism.
2: Never, ever, ever. Use the word research, Chantel, Because just because you read an article in 2016, don't mean that's when we recognized institutions perpetuate racism. But I'll leave that for another day. The
1: public health crisis is based on many things, but long story short, it's weathering just because of the issues around education, weathering. Criminal justice reform, weathering. Affordable housing, weathering. It beats up on the body and causes toxic stress. So how, how do we do that? How do we change this? Declaring racism as a public health crisis was more than a symbolic gesture. We included those statistical data points so that we can be sure to receive the resources, the funding and support to reverse decades of discrimination in the black community.
2: You knew the statistical data points because that was the purpose you used to form the committee. Now the committee, because it's simply just a committee, now it gets to go off and do willy-nilly stuff and has nothing to do with bringing resources here. But I digress.
1: And I'm proud to say, despite being the Democratic Party chairperson, I was able to get that done with bipartisan support.
2: Bipartisan support, done unanimously. There's only two Republicans on the, the council.
0: Mind how, much, mind, mind how much you shake your desk. You I, I don't want your whole, looks like your laptop's going to fall off. <laughs> Man,
2: bipartisan support. The tragedy, the tragedy here is you got Jeff Johnson, Shirley Smith, John Barnes, Nina Turner. They were the 99th out of 98 other people, usually in a Republican majority. Bipartisan support is when you got to go talk to 30 people to get their vote for something. Y'all don't need bipartisan support. It's a majority Democratic 11 member council. You don't ever got to, I don't have to talk to my Republican friends because I don't need y'all. Saying you're doing it with bipartisan support is a ploy to make you think that you could potentially do the job in Congress. No, because we know better
1: so why congress why now well i'm glad you asked all right so i'm the only candidate in this race with any legislative experience during the most turbulent troublesome times in our nation's recent history
2: the lies legislative experience see you got to define what legislative experience is legislative experience is when you out in the community You're talking to people about issues that you start to find to be a pattern. You develop, you look at what's going on in other places so you can come up with some solutions, develop that into some legislation, take it to your colleagues, see if you can get it passed, and then hope that that new law changes stuff for people. Her version of legislative experience is I was sitting in the seat at the time council started. I was literally there. They took attendance. I can prove it. That is Chantel Brown's legislative experience. I can prove I was sitting in the seat. Present. That's it.
1: (laughs) Having overseen over $200 million in how it will be allocated to hospitals, small businesses, rental assistance programs, food banks, but most notably when our students had to (laughs) transition.
2: So let's stop on that one right there. When the federal government gives you money, you have to prove at the county level where it goes and who gets it. Showing up to vote on where the money goes means that there was money given for a purpose, whether you identify the purpose or not, it's there to give away. Showing up and saying, I is not you doing anything. It's you being present. It is K with this.
1: From the classroom to virtual learning, they could not access the internet due to digital redlining. So it was me that proposed $1.5 million be set aside so they could get free Wi-Fi hotspots.
2: Again, the lies. First of all, Resolution 2020-0156 is what she's talking about from county Council. Resolution 2020 came about as a request from the CEO of Cleveland Public Schools, Eric Gordon, to Armand Budish. You don't believe me? Do an email request. You'll see Eric Gordon asking Armand Budish for the county money to assist with hotspots for the kids. She was a co-sponsor on the bill with with four other people. Armand Budish is the sponsor of the bill. She she has this commercial and it burns me every time because she says, I got hot spots for the kids and the kid comes on and says, Chantel did that for me. No, that is not true. That is absolutely not true. But again, her entire campaign has been focused on taking advantage of voter apathy, voter, voter undereducation. And by saying these claims and not having, like I said earlier, people with the bold, willing, boldness and willingness to to call it out, people just hear it and believe it. I I got hot, I, I brought hot spots. No, you didn't. And it's crazy because I would be afraid to tell that lie when I know people can go look up 2020-0156 in county council minutes and find out that it's not true that I did that. If you're going to give somebody credit for it, give Cheryl Stevens credit for it or Armand credit credit for it. But if we give them credit for it, why ain't they running for Congress? Because for what she's running on to be a candidate in the House of Representatives, any other candidate on county council could be qualified. Because matter of fact, there's more people on council that have proposed stuff than her, because hers is zero, that we probably got the wrong candidate.
1: I'm proud to say the Cleveland Foundation matched those funds, and along with PCs for People, we were able to provide laptops, free Wi-Fi hotspots for 5,000 students for two years.
2: So, 2020, she's been on council now five years. The problem that I tell people when you talk about electing bad politicians is that bad politicians are only in the office to stay in office. They ain't really doing nothing for people. So how is at the county council level where you can go tell people to do the research for you, bring you back the numbers? Did you not know the city of Cleveland is a broadband desert? It took a pandemic for you now to have to respond. Let's just say, even if we gave her credit for it, why, what were you doing the previous five years that you've been in office, knowing that this is a broadband desert. So it's difficult for me when I listen to people talking, and you compare and contrast where they've been and where they are now and what they say about it. Because if you if she was in a court of law, she'd be in jail for perjury. She might end up there soon anyway, if you saw that Newsweek article. <laughs> but essentially, if if you if you gotta get up there and exaggerate a little, yeah, sometimes people exaggerate their resume. But most of what she's saying about what she's done is a flat out lie. The only thing is she the only thing she can attest to is she was present when all this stuff happened.
1: So the stuff I've been doing, it's not sexy. It doesn't get a lot of headlines, but I don't do it for that. I do it because I want to make headway, not headlines. If you want somebody that's going to give you lip service instead of public service, then I'm not your candidate.
2: Usually you have to have actually done something to make a headline. You're not making headlines because journalists ain't got nothing to write about. I mean, we gonna be, people are going to be busy for the next six months. With this uh this ethics probe, but she she can't garner the attention of any reasonable journalist because what is the journalist don't do? Write about her perfect attendance? Actually, that's a good idea. You should get she should get like a little ribbon for like no missed days of counsel. And I mean, you got you gotta reward people for what they do. And she can't get a, I pass legislation ribbon, so. <laughs> if you want somebody that's going to
1: give you lip service instead of public service, then
2: I'm not your candidate. Oh, really? <laughs> um, she's not going to give you lip service. She's going to look very attent- attentively. She's going to look very concerned. And then she's still going to go vote on contracts that benefit her, her friends. It's just amazing.
1: I've been working hard to deliver results, not rhetoric.
2: How do you define results? Like, how would she define results? Because if she's lying about her record, how could you define results in a way that makes it still kosher to say, but not entirely true? I'm going to have to come back to that.
1: So when you talk about a
2: person that is ready to go to work on day one, I've been representing people. So so hold (laughs) up. I think about this. Let's just say that the moon, the aliens land on Euclid Avenue and things go topsy-turvy and she gets elected. Can you imagine her debating Marjorie Taylor Greene in the halls of Congress? (laughs) Like you have to be informed to be able to say, Marjorie, you're crazy. That's not a fact. That's not actually true. We have a tumultuous relationship with accountability from our public servants. Because I had the emails that um, were back and forth between the attorney general's office and the auditor's office. And what the attorney general said is not that we didn't find anything. Is that what we found would still require the county prosecutor to recuse the county and have the, the the attorney general's office come in as a special prosecutor? But we know that a Democrat at the prosecutor's office is not going to, with the you know county chair, launch an investigation but we believe our county prosecutor got elected so that he could be there representing the people and the people's interest need to know what Chantel Brown was up to because based on what it looks like on paper, it appears that she was part of a, I don't know if it's pay to play, but it's definitely a conspiracy to defraud the taxpayers of money by using her office. She is allowing her relationships where she simply could have recused herself and not voted to somehow leech into her public service. And the only way this system works is when we trust you to be good stewards of our money. And she has no interest in that. And she's demonstrated she has no interest in that. So it would be nice to believe that, and I'm sure O'Bally got a copy of this email it would be nice to believe that since the attorney general believes that this could be something they could investigate, um, but has to be started with the county prosecutor, that the county prosecutor would recognize his responsibility in this and not have to have outside pressure be put on him before he believes that he should do the job. The moon landing, uh, well, the, the we would have to have aliens on Euclid Avenue before I would believe that a democratic county prosecutor is going to bring charges. It's the righteous thing to do. But good luck in this town with that kind of with the kind of politics that we've seen just highlighted throughout this speech. We got a party boss, they call shots, they bring in their own people. And those good people and those people behave in the way that they want them to behave
1: from the inner city to the outer ring suburbs for the last six and a half years as Cuyahoga County Councilperson. So my district stretches from the most impoverished to some of the most affluent and I am ready to represent them on day one. So if you think this district deserves someone with the courage of a loose Stokes who demanded that we have reflective representation in our government, I've done that when I declared racism as a public health crisis. If you think this district deserves someone who had a connection to the community, like a Stephanie Tubbs Jones, who had a magnetic personality and an infectious smile, that could get her into any room, from the hood to the heights, from the streets to the suites, from the penthouse to the projects. And not only when they got into the room, she made sure that we had a seat at the table so that we, the collective we, were not on the menu, then I've been doing that. And if you think we have to have someone that has the competence, the character and compassion of a Marsha Fudge who has been elevated to the cabinet because she has been working so hard to make headway and not headlines, then I am your person. So I'm asking you right now
2: Let's talk. Let's think of it like this. If she if 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 as we've discussed up until this point, she seems to be a sham candidate, a sham applause at a sham event does not surprise me. (laughs) Um, As a person who's been a candidate myself, I speak to the people about I don't I'm, I'm not. The two times I've been a candidate, I did not jump into it to go be a candidate first. I heard people discussing issues in education. I had solutions that I thought were relevant. And after talking to enough people, when I speak to people, I'm speaking the stories of the things that people have told me, because that's what I want to represent. I think that politicians are ultimately community storytellers. Here's why I think this issue is important. Here's who I think that it affects. Here's what I think we should be able to do so that they don't have to continue to suffer the effects of that. I think that when you listen to Chantel, she tells her story and it's very wiccan <laughs> the sevens and the symbology of it. um, It's very paganish. And no matter how much you talk about God, I don't really talk about God when I talk about politics, because I know I got atheist brothers like you in the crowd. And it's not really about whether or not I think I want to call on some divine being to give myself credibility. The credibility comes from what I want to do for the people. And she can't say that she's done anything for the people. So she got to spend the first few minutes of her story talking about some kind of numerological, um, she's just meant to be here kind of thing. No, you're not meant to be here. You were chosen by the party bosses. They financed you. You, They were able to depend on you. So the fact that you're here because of the sevens, no, baby, that has nothing to do with your purpose on being here. You're here because Cuyahoga County politics, they tap people that they want tap people that they can control and they tapped you because you're going to be able to be their puppet. You're the puppet of a corporate interest. These people, you know, like she, she talked about, um, uh, Lewis Stokes, Lewis Stokes wrote uh, a book called promises of power. And he talked about, um, in this book that in Cleveland politics, we got to start focusing on representation in elected office. And the problem was, He did not elaborate that we can't get elected to that office and still participate in the same corrupt system. We can't keep blaming white people for doing this stuff when black people get in there and do the same thing. And they're not doing it necessarily because they have a disdain for us. It's just that the system itself does not protect us in the same way. And having black voices means that we have to alter the system to include those voices in a way that does not also corrupt them. And what we have found is you got, city of cleveland with a black mayor you got you know a black police chief you got a majority black city council and find somebody who doesn't believe that um the government is there to take care of itself by all accounts with a majority black council a black mayor black police chief black leadership in different places cleveland should be the place of prosperity for black folks we got all the representation we should need in a, one of America's largest cities. Yet here we are with record numbers of murders, we rank one or two at the top of the scale for poverty, and we rank higher than some third world countries without actual medical facilities and infant mortality. Now tell me where a city of Cleveland official or a county council person shouldn't be, should have had that been their mission before a declaration of racism. We are ground zero for many of America's national ills. So that's why I have no tolerance for sham candidates who are only going to maintain the status quo. Because the politicians who are funded by corporate America, corporate America is out there living in Pepper Pike, out in Solon. They don't have to deal with the ills of 116th and Kinsman. They probably never ride down the street where there's teddy bears and balloons on a, on a light pole probably have no idea even what it is oh that's a nice decoration no someone died there that's not their reality so they can they can without any conscience or heart promote a Chantel Brown spend money on a Chantel Brown because Chantel Brown is going to maintain their lifestyles not the greater good of the people she got elected for